From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, and this is Week 14. We are joined by my three co-hosts, tight end of the playoff-bound Pittsburgh Steelers, Eric Ebron. If you are a fan, be a fan. Respect me as a human first. And don't try to tell me what I can and can't do. So, yeah, nice win, Josh Allen. If I was smiling, I'm always smiling. Who the f*** you to tell me I can't smile? Wide receiver of the playoff-bound New Orleans Saints, Emmanuel Sanders. We were sitting on the couch. I just said, man, out loud. And she says, we know, we know, we can't, you can't believe y'all lost. <laughs> and I guess, I guess I was walking around the house saying that like 15, 20 times. Like, dang, I can't believe we lost. I can't believe we lost. And the record-breaking strong safety of the Seattle Seahawks, Jamal Adams. They was like, uh, speech, speech. And I went up and I was just like, man, I appreciate y'all boys without y'all boys. And they was like, man, get out of here. Sit your ass down. Like, we don't care. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday, and you can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from our guys. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show, too, while you're at it. All right, let's get to the episode. It's time for the breakdown. Week 14 is a wrap. Just three more weeks to go in the regular season. Two more teams join the Chiefs and Emmanuel Saints in clinching playoff berths. Eric Steelers lost to the Bills, but still qualified for the playoffs because the Dolphins lost. The Packers defeated the Lions and are also in the postseason. Pittsburgh's loss bumped them from their spot as the number one seed in the AFC. KC now holds that. Saints' upset loss to the Eagles bumped them from the number one seed in the NFC. Green Bay now holds that. The week ended with an epic Monday night shootout in Cleveland between Lamar and the Ravens and Baker and the Browns. More on that later. First up, major props to our man Jamal, who broke the season sack record for a defensive back in the Seahawks' 40-3 route of the Jets in Seattle. Jamal now has eight and a half sacks in just nine games after missing four games with that groin injury. Way to go, Jamal. Your God is good, bro. You know, when you stay down and you realize that, you know, people wants to put their their hate and their negative vibe on it. And, you know, when you get hurt or you fail at something, people don't want to see you, you know, achieve the goal that you were chasing, you know, as an individual accolade, right? So, you know, I just stayed down, bro. I knew. That's why, you know, I said what I said, you know, after the season ended last year that I was going to get the record. I've always been driven like that. You know, I get that from moms and pops. Uh, man, to achieve something that big and make history, you know, wow, that, that's that's big time. So I got to give myself some credit because, you know, obviously I wanted to make a, a, a you know, a bigger impact in the the set to, you know, set the record. Right. But Sammy, Sammy shows some love, man. And, you know, it, it's all it's all about a game of inches, bro. You talk about you talk about that, man. Wow. But, man, I, I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm, I'm thankful, you know, to, you know, achieve that that accolade because that's 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 big time. Rumor has it Rodney Harrison texted you after the game. Man, yeah, I'm going to read it to you. It's pretty cool. He was just like, man, congrats, fam. You still have to get my record 30.5 sacks and 34 interceptions. I need you in the 30-30 club. Ray Lewis was second, and I need you to be the third one there. So that was pretty cool, man, just to hear that. Yeah, hopefully, uh, Rodney, you, you, you're you okay with me sharing that, brother. I have so much respect for that guy right there, man. You know, a legend that, that came before me, a guy that I always watched, a guy that – you know, played so aggressive and set the tone at all times and a guy that was so smart, 
um, a guy that did not care what anybody thought about him. He just went out and, and, and was himself. I respect him in so many ways, man. A lot of people thought he was a dirty player. A little bit of everything, man. But it, that just comes with the path, you know, of being great. That was some game from the GOAT, man. So that, that was all right with me, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you, brother. You know, we don't give uh, game balls around here. But today, um, with the record that Jamal Adams set being the all-time ever sacker as a defensive back, it was just worthy of a, of a game ball to commemorate it. And what a fantastic football player. And then Coach Carroll gives you the game ball. Yeah, that was awesome, man. It's the, it's the little things, man, that go a long way with me, you know? They didn't even have to do that for me. But I appreciate my teammates. I appreciate my coaches, the staff, the training staff. You know, it's just one big family, bro. Like, everybody speaks to each other. Everybody, you know, has some form of relationship, you know? And, and that's the pretty cool thing about this team is how, how close we are, you know, when, when we're in the building, outside the building, on the field. We party together, man. Together, man. You know what I mean. We 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 really throw throw a party every Sunday or Monday, whatever the case may be. Practice. We're always having fun, man. And 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 when you have fun at what you're doing, you know, it makes you just want to be around that even more. You know what I mean? You know, having fun on that football field. There's there's nothing like it. We're like kids out there. That's what makes it special, man. So just forever grateful for that. Now I know speeches aren't that common in the Seattle locker room. But did you give one? Yeah, man, they don't do speeches over here, man. <laughs> man, this is a this is a funny one, man. <laughs> so Pete tells me he says, um, you know, he's breaking it down. He's he's breaking down everybody's stats of how we and you know how well we did, you know, individually, and um, just happy for the team. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, man, you know, congratulations to Jamal. You know, for breaking the record, this is the game ball, and everybody clapped it up. And I was, he was like, Where, "Where's J.A.?" And I was in the back taking my tape off, and then I came. He's like, he threw me the ball. He was, they was like, "Man, did you catch it?" Because <laughs> I dropped the pick, and I was like, "Ah, whatever, whatever, whatever." Everybody was like, "And I know better, man. I don't even know why I did it, uh, but I thought they really, you know." Wanted to hear what I had to say, but I wasn't going to say much. And, you know, they was like, uh, speech, speech, and, you know. And I went up and I was just like, man, I appreciate y'all boys without y'all boys. As soon as I said without y'all boys, like I couldn't do it without y'all, man, they was like, man, get out of here. Sit your ass down. Like, we don't care. <laughs> it's just all love, man. That's just what we do, man. We don't let anybody, you know, kind of give a speech because, you know, we expect that. That's what the Seahawks do. So I'm guessing you're probably tired talking about it, but here's the chance to close the book on the Jets. For, you know, I, I'm, I'm forever grateful, and I'll say it again, man, to be drafted by, you know, the New York Jets and for them to take a chance on me um, at 21 years old and bringing me into the league and molding me into the, you know, the, the man I am today. Um, obviously, it's not the way, you know, I wanted it to end, but, you know, I had, I had to do what I had to do just to make a better situation for, for myself and, and, and my family. I took a chance and, you know, I'm happy to be a part of, you know, Seattle. I wish them nothing but the best over there, but I'm glad to come out victorious I'm not not on here to brag about that. You know, I'm just I'm just happy that, you know, we did come out victorious. And, you know, I showed a lot of love and those guys showed a lot of love uh, back my way at the end of the game. So I was excited to see my boys again, man, because I've I've missed them. I missed them a lot. The special thing about um, the game of football is the friendships you build outside of the game. And and, and that's that that's what lasts forever. Um, And that's that, man. So Sunday night's 26-15 loss to the Bills was the Steelers' third game played in 12 days. 
How are you holding up? Man, I think I'm more mentally, I think I'm more mentally tired than anything, man. Um, not really physically draining, but I mean, we knew, I mean, physically, I kind of, you prepare yourself for kind of like whatever. You prepare for a road to the Super Bowl. So your body, you know, my body's not damaged. Um, <laughs> our team is damaged, but my body overall is good. Mentally, I feel like it's just been so exhausting, bro. The loss was also the Steelers' second in a row after their 11-0 start. What's the team's state of mind? We lost two games in a row. The sky isn't falling. Hell isn't freezing. Our Lord and Savior is still our Lord and Savior. You know, we got a new president. Like, the sun came up. It'll go down tonight. <laughs> you know, like, there's no need to panic. Like, we, we, we lost two games. We understand we have some some difficulties, some complications, some, a, a very strong lack of focus right now. Um, and I just feel like our team just, you know, needs a regrouping of some sort. And it's been tough on us, man. I mean, yeah, you know, this is your job. Don't complain. Go out there and fight. But, dog, it's, it's been rough, man. I think I got about 20 new chin hairs that are gray. I started off with, like, 10 this season. I think I got 20 new ones. Um, yeah, it's been it's been that it's been that kind of year. Um, and the only positive thing really and which made this year so good is that we came out so hot. I couldn't imagine, you know, losing a few games early and trying to figure out your identity in the middle of this crisis and then having to go through what we had to go through, man. I'm happy we came out of the season and came out of the gate so strong. We took a blow, we took a hit. Somehow we just got to learn how to regroup, refocus and you know, put everything back together. This time of year, everybody's exhausted. Everybody's hurting. But you guys haven't had a routine in three weeks. Care to explain? If you're not in our building, you wouldn't understand it. That really, honestly, that's just how it is. If you're not in our building, you wouldn't understand it. And yeah, drop passes. Like, that's something that you don't actually do in the football league. And we didn't have that problem up until now. You know what I'm saying? We have so many players injured. We didn't have that problem up until now. And we're not blaming anyone. And we're not, we're not saying, you know, it's the league's fault. We're not, we're not doing it. Like, it's our responsibility. But don't say it as if, like, we're not going through something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you don't yell at your significant other when it's, you know, when it's her time of the month and she's feeling kind of moody. You understand those things. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't go out there and be like, you don't wake up and be like, all right, today's going to be a shitty day. And like, no, we didn't. We don't do that. We we sit here and we we fight, we battle and we take things head on. I mean, this was a tough three games. We knew that we took it head on. And at the end of the day, we didn't succeed. So how can we succeed now? So that's just how it is, man. We we, we dealt with it. We, we we voiced our opinion. We knew we were upset. We knew it was going to be mentally draining. We we wanted to attack the challenge and, and, and meet the challenge face to face as we've met every challenge this season. But we just we just we're just not doing it right now. And then eventually turnover. We're not we're not like, oh, my God, we completely lost our identity. No, we won 11 games, bro. Like we, we are something. We just got to figure it out. And with a little bit of rest and a little new with our routine back and practice being, you know, back to normal, man, hopefully we'll we'll get some things going. After the game, you briefly interrupted an NBC Live interview with Bills quarterback Josh Allen to congratulate him on the win. Find a way to start faster. I am super proud of this team. We're, we're super resilient. 
Um, hey, a nice win. Uh, we're not gonna let things get. That go over well with the Steeler Nation? Like, yeah, so Josh Allen's post-game interview. Like, I feel like I don't even owe people an explanation. Like, who the f*** are y'all to tell me what I can and can't do? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be honest. Like, if I wanted to congratulate him, whether I would have saw him before or after, I would have told him the same thing. So the fact that he was in that interview and that's when I saw him, that's when I told him congratulations. Now, do I know Josh Allen? Duh. Or why would I not? Or why would I waste my time? Like, this is why I hate social media. It's so many people have this voice, man. It's, bro, you're, <laughs> the irrelevancy of these people, like, you, you, you are, you have no affiliation with my life. You, I don't know you. I don't really care for you. If you are a fan, be a fan. Like, be a fan. You're near no one to tell me what I can and can't do in my life. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, nice win, Josh Allen. If I was smiling, I'm always smiling. Who the f*** you to tell me I can't smile? You feel me? Like, it gets to a point where, like, this, like, I'm a human being at first. I became a football player. You know what I'm saying? Respect me as a human first and don't try to tell me what I can and can't do. This is when I usually get mad at people like, oh, he be attacking fans on social media. No, I don't be attacking you. I'm a grown ass man. I got two kids and I, I, I fight for my respect before anything. And I said, what's up? Oh, since everybody want to get mad, I said, what's up to Josh before the game too? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, my bad. <laughs> like, yo, dog, it, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in, bro, where people feel like they can tell you what to do. And no, I'm not going to be upset about a loss because... I put my name on a sheet just like they put the name on a sheet. I went to practice just like they went to practice. At the end of the day, they outperformed us. They deserve to win. That's called sportsmanship, bro. If you want me to walk around and mad and say, oh, yeah, you know, they didn't deserve to beat us or, yeah, they, you know, tip my hat off to them. They played us good. No, bro. Nice win, bro. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, Emmanuel and the Saints had their nine-game win streak snapped by the Eagles 24-21. to Philly was sparked by the play of rookie QB Jalen Hurts, who started in place of Carson Wentz. Emmanuel, what happened? Yeah, I mean, we just had a horrible first half. You know, for me, uh, I think it was, and this is just how I feel. I'm just going to go ahead and give it the facts. I feel like, and this is no shot at Carson Wentz. I just feel like if Carson Wentz would have played, we probably would have won that game. But uh, the fact that, you know, you got a new rookie quarterback who's coming in, there's no film on him. Uh, We don't know what to expect. I guess I, I can only speak for myself. I really didn't know. And, it just seems like from a schematic standpoint, they had us off balance, you know, with the way that, you know, they're running the zone keeper. I mean, a guy, uh, I think that it said that we haven't had a 100-yard rusher in 55 games. And next thing you know, he's this quarterback who has over 100 yards. The running back has 100 yards. And so I can only speak from what I, what I, my perspective and what I've seen on film. And I just saw an unbalanced defense and um, who's – Seemed like, you know, didn't have film on, on, on the guys and the plays and and couldn't really predict what they were doing. And we were just off balance. And so I can't believe that we lost and we don't have the number one seed. But, you know, then I start to only control what we can control and what I can control. And I look at it from the standpoint of right now, we don't have the number one seed. We can't cry about it. It is what it is. We can't get the game back. So. I guess that's when you shift your mind to say, right now, Green Bay has the number one seed. We need Green Bay to lose it. If they don't, we got to prepare to try to run through the NFC East. And if if Green Bay doesn't lose in the playoffs, we got a game, you know, in Green Bay in the freezing cold. And I'm already starting to transition my mind to that because 
that's that could be a reality. And so, you know, you just start seeing the cards that you could play and try to play them to the best of your ability. And that's what I'm doing. To Camara, Hill sets up, going deep, looking for Sanders. He has got it. You had three receptions, including a sweet 37-yard touchdown catch where you made an incredible adjustment to the ball. That had to make you feel good. It was crazy because we've had that play up for like two weeks. You know, I, I've been waiting on it, and SP dialed it up. And I couldn't believe that the safety had bit down on Mike because Mike, Mike gets so much attention. And it left the cornerback literally one-on-one with me with a, with a whole side of the field. And so Taysom, I remember like Taysom would – Overthrow me. He overthrew me one time in practice last week, and me and him were talking. I said, "Look, Taysom. I said, look, like I'd rather you underthrow me than overthrow me. I said, if you underthrow me, you giving me an opportunity. And so he just he just lobbed the ball up there, gave me an opportunity, and I, I went up and got it and made the most of the opportunity. And so, uh, man, it felt it felt good to score, and uh, it was at a point in the game where we needed it. And I felt like like that was a play that could possibly have turned it around. I thought I thought after that play, I said, oh, we about to win this game. 17-14, they got to get flustered. Uh, but they didn't, so it is what it is. You've told us how losses can often stay with you. How are you dealing with this one? Yeah, I was in a, I was in a, I was in a shitty mood yesterday. Like, every little thing my wife would do, I was just like... And then I kept asking myself, man, what's wrong with me? And then my wife, I, <laughs> we were sitting on the couch... And I said, I just said, man, out loud. And she says, we know, we know, we can't, you can't believe y'all lost. <laughs> and I guess, I guess I was walking around the house saying that like 15, 20 times. Like, dang, I can't believe we lost. I can't believe we lost. And so that just goes to show, like, I can tell you, like, it's not bothering me. But if I keep saying it, it is bothering me because I keep reflecting on it. But remember when I told you last week on the podcast? What did I tell you? I said, it's crazy. Like, the, the genius of this show is 17 weeks, right? Because it's like what a lot of fans don't understand is that the emotional roller coaster that players go up on. And it's like three weeks of winning, three weeks of losing. But you're right. And so, right now, like, I'm, I'm how I'm like talking, how I'm feeling, like, I feel like shit, right? Like, I do. Like, I feel like shit because I got to keep reflecting on the past game. But, you know, those nine weeks when I was winning, I was like, let's reflect on it. And now I'm trying to kind of avoid the questions. And so, uh, that's why I think the genius of this show is it just shows the emotional roller coaster of, of, of week in and week out. And, uh, it's beautiful, but it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be cool to see uh you know go to work and see if Drew's playing because you know he's our he's our number one quarterback and it'll be fun uh, Drew Brees versus Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of Drew, any news on when he'll be back? For me, like I want Drew to come back when Drew's ready to come back. The worst the worst thing that that can happen is Drew comes back too early and gets hurt again, right? And so you know when when I when I when I talk to him and I ask him like how he's feeling, I just always tell him like, look, like at the end of the day, it's about to it's a marathon, not a sprint, and that's why I keep telling him like, don't try to rush back, man. Like get yourself healthy, and, and when it's time to go, we need you ready ready to go, not not halfway. And so he's definitely gonna be back within like if not this week, next week. You just I could just tell his energy and he's up and he's optimistic, right? And so um but yeah, yeah. Like I just I just want Drew to get back healthy. Next up for Eric and the Steelers is a Monday night game in Cincy versus the Bengals. You guys have been playing a lot of primetime games lately. Does that get tiring? I mean I don't I, you love primetime games. You just don't love them when you had like six of them in a row all forcefully, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> 
So, nah, man, you love primetime games, bro. It's the best. You just you just try to really go out there and uh, put your best put your best effort out there. It's Monday. Nobody else will be doing anything on Monday. Eight o'clock game. You know, we try to go out there and put a performance on like uh, Cleveland and, and Baltimore just did. That was a hell of a game, man. And, you know, that's what people want to see. People want to see points, you know, fans come to see scores, fans come to see excitement and or watch it. So, you know, that's what that's what we got to do as Pittsburgh Steelers. We got to give people what they want. Jamal, this Sunday, you and the Seahawks head to D.C. to take on the suddenly hot Washington football team who are riding a four-game win streak. You know, they got some ballers over there, man. So we got to come ready to play. Um, those guys are rolling right now. Um, so it's going to be fun, man. These next three games we got is going to be fun. But obviously, I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's just me being happy. You know, this 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 game coming up with Washington, man, I mean, golly, so much talent. You know, my first time I'm going to look at them is here after this podcast, man. That's going to be the first time I'm going to break, you know, two games down um, and, 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 you know, get some knowledge on them. But, man, I'm looking forward to the matchup, bro. It's going down. It's going down. So film study is a regular part of your weekly routine? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta watch. You got to watch film. Now, I will say there's not too many people in the, in the league that, that you know, probably, you know, watch film. You know, that's, that's where great players separate themselves from the good players because, you know, you in that, you in that film room, bro. You, you studying. You know, you you seeing little 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 details to where you can make a play faster, or, or and you can play faster by using your eyes, man. You know, if, if you want to make plays, man, work on your eyes. So you know, just gotta look at look at your your responsibility and do your job. And when you do, man, you you you're special. Do you typically request what you want film of? Yeah, you get yeah. I, you know, I get my little requests in, but you know, they 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 send it out to everybody. Yeah, that, that's around the league. Yeah, everybody. That's why I, that's why I'm saying like in the sense of. Not too many people around the league really, really try to learn how to watch film because you, you, it's, it's different techniques on how to how to watch film. There's so many coaches out there that that have taught me how to watch film, and I didn't know how to watch film my my rookie year when I came in the league. Right when I started to pick it up, I remember I remember in college my sophomore year I had five picks, and I started to really, really watch film, and I really started to like learn the concepts. That's what I was saying. And then I got to the league and I thought that everything was just know, you, know your concepts. But then it started to get more, more details on the, on the routes. Like routes in college, most of the time aren't the same in the league. But when I started to understand like, okay, if he's cut split, oh, if he's inside the edge of these numbers and they're in a the closet look and I'm talking about snugs and they're going to run a quick out. He's under center, quarterback under center, half back at five yards. Oh, it's a play action because he's at five yards instead of seven. So that's just free game I just gave y'all. So <laughs> that's, that's just film study, though. Emmanuel, you and the Saints are featured in the premier matchup of the week as the Chiefs visit the Big Easy. This seems like one of those games guys would have circled on the schedule going into the season. I, I know that everybody was looking forward to it. It was it was that one team left on the schedule that we said, like, that's going to be the game. And it sucks because we're coming off a loss. But if we was coming off a win on a 10-game win streak and the Chiefs on their win streak, that would have been that would have been good. But it's, it's, you know, right now if I turn on the TV, if I would have turned on the TV last week, it was like, the Saints going to the Super Bowl. The Saints is the best team in the NFC, right? da 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 now, if I turn on New Orleans Saints, this is the same team that we've always talked about. You know, they always get in the situation and never been able to finish. Da, 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 da. So if we go and beat the Chiefs this week, I told you to change the Saints or the Super Bowl team. So 
this is like one of those games where we can just we can just get our swag back, right? And so uh, it couldn't have come in a, in a in a better time. This game is going to be talked up all week on all the sports opinion shows. Do you ever pay attention to what's been said on those shows? No, no, it, it's I don't pay attention to it. Like I don't wake up in the morning and put on Sports Center. I don't I don't really watch TV, but. My grandma, she's a she's a football lover. I used to think that she only watched football because of me, but she that's just what she does. So she's been staying with me the past three months. So she'll come in and yeah, I just saw first take that they were talking about you, and I'm like, oh okay, all right, cool, <laughs> you know. But uh, I don't I don't really partake in it. But uh, you know, a couple of people they'll tell me what what they're saying and. And, and for me, like, I already know what they're saying. Like, when you win in there, they're talking good about you. And when you lose and they talking bad about you. That's, that's just the nature of this business. So I could already know exactly what they're saying. When you think of the Kansas City Chiefs, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Offense. I, I, like, most people say Patrick Mahomes. I say offense. Like, they got a legendary offense. Like, like in all of them, like, they got personality, right? They got the cheetah. They got Travis Kelsey, the most swaggiest white boy. You know, uh, they got Patrick Mahomes, possibly the greatest quarterback. You know, they got Le'Veon Bell. They got the young rookie who's who's exciting. They got Miko Hartman. They just got just playmakers all over the field. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, which I'm looking forward to to see, like, if they'll come out and play the traditional Chiefs defense, because most the Chiefs defense, they're going to play one safety up high and they're going to play man across the board and they're going to try to take your manhood as a receiver. And so with me and Mike, like, I hope they do play us like that because I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, like uh, I see a really good football team, a great football team who just beat me in a Super Bowl and beat the Niners in a, in a Super Bowl. And so it'll be it'll be good to go and beat them guys, man. This week on The Huddle Up. In the wake of Jamal breaking the single-season sack record for DBs, we asked him to take us back to his football beginnings, how he got started, to his growing interest in the sport, to coaches and mentors who played roles in his journey and challenged him to dream big, even all the way back to the first time he ever picked up a football. Wow, yeah. Man, we, we can go way back, man. You know, I, I just turned 25. The first time I picked up a football and had my first game was at age three. So I was playing flag football at age three. Didn't have a clue what was going on. Was chasing butterflies, was running the wrong way. One time I, I scored um, my first touchdown. Um, I ran the wrong way. And then everybody in the stands, my mother was screaming, go the other way. My pops was on the sideline coaching me saying, go the other way. And I, I ran to the opposite end zone behind me and then heard that I have to go the other way. And then I took it all the way uh, for a touchdown. So that was pretty cool. Uh, that's, they, always, they always joke about that one. But man, play so, so much football growing up. You know, Pop Warner. Uh, growing up in Texas, Texas being a powerhouse, you know, all about football. Man, so many, so many memories, so many games, so many great players that I played against. Countless, countless, you know, days of nothing but hard work and, and sweat and, and tears and, and sprints and so many things, man, that, that I can think about growing up playing Pop Warner football, playing with my guys, my friends. A lot of love, a lot of tough times, a lot of little bit of everything, really. My first padded 
uh, game was at age five. My pops always played me up. You know, he always wanted me to, you know, play against older guys so I can, you know, when I do get older, I'm going to, you know, be a lot better than those guys, right? That was his mindset of of, of competition and, and, and making me better. And man, did it, did, it, did it make me better? You know what I mean? And, you know, at, at a young age, you don't really understand why Pops is doing that. But I just went with the flow, man. I, I was never scared. I, I didn't fear anybody. I, I've always loved contact. You know what I mean? I was always a physical kid. It's just in me. It's just in my blood. You know, I enjoy football to the max, man. It, it's it's part of my life. Um, it's not it's not it's not everything, but it's part of my life, um, and that's what makes it special. Um, it's a, it's a hell of a journey. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of life lessons through football. It's great, man. It, it's it's something that. I'll always cherish for the rest of my life. Um, And it's something that changed my life, man. So I appreciate it. Were you always on the defensive side of the ball? What position did you play growing up? Man, I I grew up a running back, bro. I was a running back. You know, Pops played, he played running back, right? So he, you know, he, he wanted me to play running back when I was younger. But when I got to high school, I was on, I was a freshman on varsity, but there was, there was my, my, my guy, Des Wortham at the time was in was a running back, right? And he was killing it. Um, and he was a he was a freshman on, you know, varsity. And I was in eighth grade. So me, me watching him and, and the rest of the guys, you know, watching those guys, I wanted to be on varsity, right? So coming in my freshman year, I knew Des was the running back. And he was, he had offers from Texas, a couple of guys, right? Early on. And I, I knew that they weren't gonna let me be a running back my freshman year because of Dez. And 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 he had the respect. I you know, I understood that, right? And I played safety. That's when I went to safety. And I was a I was a starting safety on, on varsity. Um and that's where really where it took off. And I and I kind of just didn't look back. Man, and Pop Warner, man, I used to uh I used to send people you know, to the sideline, bro. I, I was the, I was the, I was the target, man. Guys knew around in Texas, in Dallas, in, in the Fort Worth area. You know, when when 33 came into town, you know, you better watch out. So, it, it was, it was pretty fun. Emmanuel, who's also from Texas, told us about his Friday Night Lights experience. Was your experience similar? Oh man, fifty thousand fans at state. You know, at, at, at a regular game, um, we at least had fifteen thousand. You know, it was it was outstanding, bro. Like, just the energy was through the roof throughout the the week. Certain days that you have your pep rally before the game, you wear your jersey to to school. Everybody's seeing seeing you rock your jersey, and you're just getting ready for Friday Night Lights, right? And and it was just different, bro. Texas football is just different, and, and it breeds ballers. It just really does. Friday Night Lights is is very very accurate. Like that's very, very accurate of Texas football. That's that's basically what it is right there. It's a religion down there, man. So how did you end up at LSU? Were you heavily recruited? Man, I didn't get a scholarship from LSU until my senior year in high school because a little incident happened with a previous player um, and my, my high school coach. He didn't really like LSU the way they did it. So they didn't really come around and, until, you know, I, I got linked up with them. Coach Corey Raymond, you know, and, and Chief and, and Les Miles came and recruited me. And, you know, the rest is history, man. I was really going to Florida. I was going to Florida. I was going to be a Gator. Um, I wanted to go bad. I was on the way. I, I didn't I didn't think I was going to go anywhere else. Um, obviously, it didn't work like that. I found out that they, you know, was on the verge of being fired. And 
I didn't want to take that chance. And then obviously I go to LSU and then who would have thought Les Miles would have been fired? No one, right? So it's just, it's, it's crazy how everything worked, but it worked out. It worked out, man, and I, I don't have any regrets. Many LSU players have gone on to success in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's big time over there, man. It, yeah, you know, LSU gets a lot of credit for who I am to, to this day. Tommy Moffitt taught me a lot of things about mental toughness, right? And I, I have so much respect for that guy, um, so much respect for that staff um, that was there at the time, white staff. There's so many people that I've learned from in that building that I still learn from to this day, so... Um, I have a lot of respect for LSU and, and what they did for me um, because they made me who I am to, you know, today. Who are the mentors and coaches who had big influences on you along the way? Yeah, there's so many guys that taught me the game. I can go way back to high school. Coach Clay Mack, my DB trainer, he taught me the game. Coach Hurd, my high school coach, taught me the game. Go to college at LSU. Corey Raymond taught me the game. He, he, he taught me so, so many things. Uh, wow. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, get drafted at number six and go to the Jets. And Ty Bowles, you know, he takes a chance on a, on a young kid out of Carrollton, Texas, um, who, who's, who's wet behind the ears that doesn't really know much, uh, that thinks he knows a little bit but doesn't really know much. And he took a chance on me, and he taught me so much. Uh, Denar Wilson, the DB coach, still at the Jets. Uh, he was there when I got drafted taught me everything I know, right? So it, it was a collective collective group of guys that, that, that taught me the game of being a, a dominant safety, and I, and I give those guys a lot of credit. Did you ever think you'd end up playing in the NFL? I knew. I knew, bro. I knew. Bro I, was, bro, I was born to do this, bro. I knew. There was nothing that was going to get in my way. Bro, listen, I, I don't know if I told you, told you this a while back on, a, on another podcast, but I missed prom I missed homecoming like I was so focused on getting a scholarship and, and playing ball at a high level bro I, I didn't want anything to distract me I was driven uh I, if if I want something I'm gonna get it done it's just it's just it's just in me like if I don't get it done I'll drive myself up a wall so I'm very competitive in that man so I've always I've always been like this man always stay focused on the prize always knew when when you know you got to go get it, man. You, you can't, you can't, you can never have self-doubt. So high school for me was about playing as many sports as I can. If I could fit it in, I was going to play it. So of course, football was the first thing I played, which led me into basketball. And then I ran track. Now, every sport I played, I played for a specific reason. Football, easy. I can do my thing. Basketball, I was good at it. I just didn't like the pressure. And track, that was literally just doing something to help me with the two other sports. As I got older, I realized that I wasn't going to lead the state in catches or yards. We were a running team. I had 14 catches and seven touchdowns. So obviously I had some talent. Once I got to my senior year, I started looking at all these teams that were recruiting me. I basically came down to University of Nevada, and University of uh, Washington, where my father went and my brother went. Now, two weeks before I was going to sign to University of Washington, Rick Neuheisel, he sends me a letter. He says, I know we've been recruiting you. We've been recruiting you for a few years. And I, know your, I know your dad went here and your brother went here, but we're going to pull the offer off the table. And I was crushed because I'm like, Yo, I'm about to be a Husky just like my dad. I'm local. This is it. And he's like, but you can walk on. 
I'm I'm bringing in my own recruits. I just got the job. I was in Colorado. I'm bringing in my own recruits. That hurt me. So I went home, and I remember talking to Nevada, and Nevada came in for a visit, sat right in my living room, and they said, how many catches did you have your senior year? I said, 14, you know, 17 if you count the playoffs. They're like, we'll give you that in one game, son. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, we're always in the top five in passing, and we're not going to stop now. I know there's a lot of schools recruiting you. You can go anywhere. You can play any sport. You come here. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw it a lot. And I was like, holy smokes. And I remember them walking out of my house and I told my mom and dad, I was like, I'm going to Nevada. That was probably the biggest moment in my life because I had a chance to go to other places that weren't recruiting me as tough. I had a chance to go play other sports, run track, play basketball. But when Nevada said, we want you to be a wide receiver and we see you as a wide receiver. And we, we, we believe you can be really great at it. That was a lot different than how I was getting recruited from these other places. You know what that taught me? That taught me something about recruiting. I tell, I tell young kids all the time, when you're being recruited, go with the place that's giving you the most genuine vibes. Because the more they are invested in you, the more they're going to give you the opportunity to shine. It's time for Quick Outs. With fantasy football playoffs upon us, we thought we'd get the guys' takes on its growing popularity. Emmanuel, are you involved in fantasy football? I love fantasy football. I'm, I'm actually uh, pissed off that I didn't create fantasy football because <laughs> that was genius. Like, literally, like, golly. I love fantasy football. I love everything about it. I love the fact that uh, it allows the fans to get involved even more uh, than just watching one team. You start focusing on players and playing it like a GM, you know. Like, I hate the times where I, I disappoint people, where it's like I go on Twitter, it's like, like the fans are kind of like the media, right? It's like you go out, you have a bad game, it's like, F Emmanuel Sanders, I'm never picking this dude up again, I'm never, like, I hate this dude, like, like I can't believe it, you trash, you washed up, you this, you that. And then, like, I go out and have a good game, and next thing you know, Emmanuel Sanders, 33 years old, dominating my league, take that, da 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 so you kind of ride the roller coaster of the media, like, and you ride the roller coaster of the fantasy. Uh, but it's all part of being an NFL player, uh, being on this platform. Fantasy just gives you, after a win and after a good game, it gives you that extra, like, pump of, like, poking your chest out, right? Like, yeah, like, I, and, I, and I satisfied the people who believed in me and drafted me in a fantasy, right? And so it's just that extra that boost of confidence. Jamal, any interest in fantasy football? Do you pay attention to it at all? No, I don't, I don't get into that, bro. I mean, I don't even get into it, bro. Like, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you what was going, what's going on. Points. I don't know nothing. Nothing. I don't care for it, man. I, I don't. No, nah, I'm not into that, bro. <laughs> no, sir. Eric, where do you stand on fantasy football? I love. I, I thought fantasy football was dope. I think it's a dope idea. Uh, I play it, so like I didn't play it this year because it was just too much to. It'd be too much. Like shoot, I, it might be a week. I don't even know who I'm playing. Like you know, it's just you, you, you don't know. So I, I was not. I was not dealing with that headache. And you can hear all my friends like, oh man, I forgot to do my lineup. I'm like, man, like nah, I'm good on that this year. I got enough stuff to worry about. So nah, I love fantasy football, man. I'm a big fan of it. I like how people, you know, take their time and talk about players and what they're going to do. And like my friends be asking me, well, what do you think about this defense? You played them this year. So it's, it'd be funny, man. Monday night's Ravens win over the Browns is already being called the game of the year. Emmanuel, any thoughts on Lamar and Baker? Yeah, L Lamar Jackson goes in, then comes out. 
And then he comes out just on a whole nother level, like a Lamar Jackson I've never seen, like making throws, like thinking about running, jump passing. I'm like, what the hell did they give this dude in the locker room? Like, he, he looked like a different Lamar Jackson. Like, uh, man, somebody who really has stepped that game with Baker Mayfield, man. Like, like he's one of them players that at first was like, ah, all right, whatever. Like, he's Baker Mayfield, right? And I actually enjoy watching him throw the football. Like, like how he plays a quarterback position. Like, I see, like, the Brett Favre comparison. Like, I've never seen a quarterback how he how he throws and how he pumps and how his feet is like set and how he fires the ball in. Right. And it was just beautiful to just watch a guy like that. Who's so young. Uh, it, it was, it was fun to see like two young quarterbacks just going at it. And both of them having they special like talents and they're putting it on display on, on Monday night football. Eric, did you catch the Ravens Browns game? I didn't watch the game purposely. So I was watching mainly just the highlights, but I can only imagine, man, Lamar does everything for his team. So if he was cramping, I, I 100% believe it because it's, it's easy to cramp in cold weather. You you don't feel like you're dehydrated. You know what I'm saying? All you feel is the cold air. Your mouth get dries, whatever. You sip some water, but you don't understand your level of dehydration. So, um, yeah, I believe, you know, he might have been cramping. When the people said it was Paul Pierce, dog, I was dying laughing. I thought I thought that was, I thought that was the funniest thing ever, man. Uh but nah, it was <laughs> it was dope, man. It was dope for him to come back. You know, you feel bad for their backup quarterback. I I, I played against him in uh when he was at Old Dominion. So I liked it, that that quarterback they got. And um for him to for Lamar to come back out there and did what he did for his team, man, it just shows you how much, you know, his team needs him and what kind of player he is, man. That was I was dominant. It was dominant. His I was that was so dope for for like your legacy, for like your moment. So yeah, that was cool. Okay, guys, let's step away from football for a second. Ultimate versus battle. Emmanuel, who would you like to see face each other? Man, I would like to see Drake. Drake versus Wayne would be, yeah, that would be mine right there. Drake versus Wayne. And Wayne's able to play his mixtapes. You know what I mean? But it's, but it's hard to say Drake versus Wayne because they like on the same team, right? It's like, it's crazy, right? But that would be like the ultimate versus right there. Drake versus Wayne. Eric wants to see Usher versus Chris Brown. I think that'll be the most epic versus battle ever. Cause I know Chris Brown got so many unreleased songs. I know Usher probably got so many unreleased songs. Never mind what they've been doing since they was 12. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, that would be the illest, the nastiest versus battle. And they both got to dance too. Bro, I'm a Chris Brown fan, bro. Say what you want. That man, I've been a I've been trying to I've been trying to imitate Chris Breezy since I mean we kinda like I think we like this I think we like the same age. Maybe he's like a year or two younger or older. I think he might be a year or two older. I don't know. But whatever it is, I just remember growing up in his era of music and it was like all I ever wanted to be was Chris Brown. So that's why when my, when my wife used to be like, oh yeah, I love Chris Brown. Hey, you love Chris Brown. <laughs> As we get ready to close, our record-breaking DB offers his final thoughts. Y'all keep tuning in. Man, you know what it is, man. We just gonna keep elevating, man. Keep watching us go to work, man. It's coming down to the to the nitty gritty, this week's gonna go, it's gonna go down, man. I can't wait, can't wait. That's it for this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. 
You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe and get notified when new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do, you can't front, you can't tell me any different, spread the love, share the show too. I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Casterdale. Editing and sound designed by Chris Weatherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brennan Gitches, Senior Director, Podcast Production at SiriusXM. Andy King, Director of Sports Programming at SiriusXM. It's written by John McLaughlin. Archival sound courtesy of the NFL Network. All right, till next week, we out.